Welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Bend, a podcast where we get an inside look at the city of Bend from the people who keep our city running. You'll hear about the innovative ways our local government is responding to our community's needs and helping shape Bend's future. I'm your host, Jacob Larson. Are you prepared for an emergency? September is National Preparedness Month, so we thought it would be a great time to speak with our Director of Emergency Management, Carrie Carl. Carrie's position is new to the city and an extremely important one as she works to put the community in the best position possible if and when disaster strikes. You'll learn about the work Carrie's doing and she'll give you some tips on how you can make sure you and your family are prepared in case of emergency. Okay, let's get into this conversation now. with Carrie Carl. She is the Director of Emergency Management here at the City of Bend. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, so today we're going to talk about kind of what your role is and how you plan for emergencies here at the City of Bend. But it's also really uh, timely for us to talk to you because September is National Preparedness Month. So we're going to uh, chat a little bit about um, what people can do to be prepared for emergencies if and when uh, they do arrive. But I always like to start out with asking you a little bit about yourself. So how long have you been at the City of Bend now? I started actually in March, so not very long, less than a year that I've been with Bend. And so where did you come from? What's your background? What did you do before you got to the city? Most recently, I came from the city of Eugene, where I was the emergency manager there. uh, And I spent uh, almost four years working in emergency management for Eugene, uh, planning for natural hazard mitigation, risk reduction, all the way through actually working in an emergency operations center and helping uh, with COVID or large scale wildfires that happened in Lane County. So really, that's kind of your role here too, then kind of like anything and everything emergency-wise that can be thrown at us, you're kind of the point person. It's It really depends. So when we look at emergency management, you want to think about all of our departments have so many skilled, amazing people inside of them already who have skill sets that they can bring to work on an incident and be able to, to take care of the city. So an example would be like a snowstorm or an event like that. Our transportation and mobility folks have that dialed in and they know how to handle it and get out there and take care of our community. When it gets to be a little bit larger or bigger impacts or something where it kind of goes out out beyond a normal scope, that's when emergency management has a role. Okay, so for example, wildfire is creeping close to town. That's when you would step up and kind of stand up um, an emergency group and, and get organized? So that would really be dependent. Like on a wildfire, there's Obviously, we have Ben Fire and Rescue, incredibly capable. They have amazing partnerships with Central Oregon Fire in order to get out there and do what they need to. Uh, the the uh, piece would be put the wet stuff on the hot stuff, so to speak. It was like, and they need to be able to focus on that. We also then need to work on evacuations. So they, in conjunction with law enforcement, will be figuring out where that occurs. That's all part of kind of that normal scope. But then we have to think about where are those people going to go? And that's not part of what fire needs to do. We want them to focus on the incident. So then it would be something in emergency management at the city manager's discretion. I may advocate for seeing an emergency operations center open so that we can support our community when their need is great. So if I'm understanding right, you kind of have to adapt and change depending on the emergency and just kind of fill in those gaps and provide the services where needed. 
You, that would be in the like post incident. But on my regular day, my job is really assessing what the gaps are, getting a better understanding of what the need is so that we can plan for that. Uh, uh, you know, I used to coordinate and work to plan for large scale uh, like volunteer events. Those are the things you want to see happen. Now I'm just planning for the day that people hope never comes. But it really is having that plan in place, uh, making sure folks are trained to it, we've exercised it, so it becomes this muscle memory so that people can feel confident when we have a big bad day, we are doing our utmost and best to protect and support our community in the time when minutes matter. What What is your day-to-day like? Because obviously, um, most of the time, hopefully, things are calm. We're not in an emergency situation. So you talked a little bit about doing that planning. So what does that kind of look like and what are you working on in this role? Emergency management really uses a whole community, all hazards approach. Uh, so uh, it, it, we talked a little bit briefly about how an incident can have specific response, but in the grand scheme of things, Uh, An evacuation is an evacuation is an evacuation. So whether that's from flood or a fire or, you know, if we were on the coast, we'd be talking about tsunami. It's like those evacuations, the principles are the same and how we move people and how we coordinate those efforts. So we want to use not just one incident of potential uh, um, uh, hazard or emergency that could happen. We want to plan for all disasters. And we also want to recognize our entire community and not not everyone is the same. Uh, we are unique individuals that make up our community, and that's kind of what makes Ben so great. Um, but we also have to think about there are barriers that might be inherent to how people access or connect with services that happen in a disaster. So the intent of emergency management, um, what we use our language is blue sky day, when it's beautiful and calm. Those are the days that I'm building relationships. I'm having conversations with people throughout the community. It's going to take our entire community like consistent, knowledgeable citizens who are doing their utmost to be self-sufficient, to take care of themselves and their families, to look out for their neighbors and do what they need to so that the city can get our resources really focused on bringing back the city functions, kind of transition to recovery. Because the faster we get to recovery, the less our impacts will be and the better we have for a chance for Ben to kind of continue in the long run. You also just touched on something that I was going to ask you about and as far as that planning goes and creating those relationships, not just with staff here at the city of Bend, but other agencies as well. Why is that so important that you, you know, know the people at the fire department, you know, the sheriff's office, you know, the parks and rec people, the county people, all those people um, play a role. If you can imagine like having your absolute worst day and then I'm cold calling you to ask you a question or ask you to do something, that is not a situation or a place anyone in emergency management or in a public safety wants to be. You really want to have these opportunities to build a relationship, have the knowledge, know what those other folks are capable of or what their uh, potential is. It doesn't mean that if I'm thinking, you know, maybe they don't have that, 
I'm still going to ask and make that request, but they can come from a place of like, you know what? No, we, you know, we can't do that. We don't have that capability. I'm like, okay, then that means I'm going to the next step and I'm chasing down what are those other options. So building those relationships internally, actually, when I started with the city, uh, I took a list of all internal folks since I'm new to Bend, of all those folks I needed to meet. But that included meeting with people from OSU Cascades, COCC, meeting with folks uh, uh, at the county, uh, but even across our nonprofit profits, meeting with American Red Cross, and understanding and really building my knowledge of what their capability is uh, and could be in an event so that we're ready and I can know who to make those calls to. How much is that plan able to apply to these various different types of emergencies that we might see? So when you look at an emergency operations plan, that's going to give us kind of that general playbook of how we take and approach any kind of incident, emergency, or disaster, whatever that really looks like. Uh, and then we may have to adjust it on the fly uh, in order to be able to best meet the needs of whatever's happening in our community. But realistically, when we do planning, it's not done in a vacuum. It is done with, you know, input from a lot of different people across the community. I wanted to mention too that your role is a new role here at the City of Bend and an extremely important role obviously based on um, all the things you've already talked about and so I guess that kind of leads me into my next question which is probably the obvious question and you've touched on this as well but why is it so important that we have someone in your role here at the City of Bend working on these types of plans? Well, when we look at, you know, ORs that actually tell us what we have to do, counties must do this work, they shall do this work, cities may. But what we find in a disaster is the disasters or hazards, these large-scale incidents, what every person will always tell you is they begin and end locally. Meaning that if it happens in Bend, Bend has the responsibility for it. So if we take on the effort and the energy to plan for it in the beginning, we'll be better prepared for when it happens in the end. And what I recognize is when we talk about preparedness, it's as a city, as a community, and preparedness comes um, with some challenges because there's a lot of privilege that goes in. It takes time, it takes space, it takes energy, but isn't it amazing that the city of Bend is making this a priority? preparedness for our community so that we are ready for that worst day, that big bad day that we hope never comes. But if it does, we have somebody who's really focused on Ben. You talked about preparedness. September is National Preparedness Month. What does that mean? National Preparedness Month was born out of uh, um, the communities or the, uh, the nation's, one of the nation's worst days, and that was September 11th of 2001, uh, and really recognizing that there were systems that were in place uh, from uh, large-scale wildfires that helped us uh, manage these incidents, and we could learn from those incidents and kind of translate that across any incident and better prepare ourselves. Now that's how we work as an organization, uh, but National Preparedness Preparedness Month really highlights the fact that it's whole community. And when we say whole community, I ha- we have a job as the city of Bend to do planning, to do work, but our community also has to meet us there. We need our citizens to be knowledgeable uh, and aware of the hazards we face. I hear a lot of conversations about wildfire 
fire here, wildfire is a major incident that we might face, but we also have possibilities of being impacted by Cascadia subduction zone earthquakes. Uh, we have the potential uh, for flood to occur in our, our community. Um, there's utility failure as a human-caused uh, uh, incident. There are lots of different things as possibilities. And preparedness for one can help you prepare for all. I'd like to say that we can get everything uh, here in a matter of minutes, but it's not realistic. Uh, anybody who's waited for a package to come to your front door knows that things don't come in an instant. We need to sometimes have time. So the more you can prepare yourselves, the better we can be resilient and transition to that recovery. Uh, what what then are some things that people can do? I mean, what do you do to prepare for an emergency situation? What are some things that you would recommend or um, the county or the state or FEMA would recommend that people do? Yeah, some of the first things that we want folks to do is to just know your risk, learn about what are the things that we face. And the um, Deschutes County Multi-Jurisdictional Natural Hazard Mitigation Plan actually lays out the, the risks that we face here. And there's a bend addendum that really kind of addresses those major major hazards that we, we might face here. And that's kind of on the natural side. Um, but just kind of become aware of what are the potentials uh, of, of risks that we might face. And there's a lot of great information out there. There's the National Risk Index, where you can actually get down right down to your, uh, this is where I live on this street, and I can look for earthquakes or whatever hazard uh, um, we might be considering, landslides, something like that, and know what my potential risk is. So be aware of that, and then make a plan. one thing we'd like to, to, to be uh, thoughtful of is as much as we think uh, this might happen, the chances of your entire family being in one place at the exact same time when that bad day comes is pretty small. You could be at school, you could be at work, um, some folks could be at home. Uh, so understanding how do we get back together? How do we reconnect when we may not have access to making a phone call, when we may not have access to those normal systems, having a plan of how we connect with each other or connect with a contact out of the area, those plans uh, are really helpful for those first steps. And then take those actions, register for alerts, uh, get on to Deschutes Alerts and sign up so that you know uh, when you hear about evacuations or you hear about an incident, you're getting information from a solid source that you can trust. And then you can take action based on that information that's provided. You touched on a few things. Are there some websites, resources people can go to maybe um, find a list of things that they should be doing, like to kind of make them think about these things? Because I don't know that the average person you do, but not the average person doesn't think about, you know, these sorts of things on a daily basis. You're saying that, you know, I'm the only person who has the th- <laughs> three 50-gallon drums in the neighborhood that's full of water. But Pop- you're going to be the most popular person I am, when push yes. comes to shove. It is for, it's true. People people want to live next to me because I do have the three 50-gallon drums. I have solar lights. I have a solar-powered uh, backup battery so I can power my uh, computer. And this is actually good as to know that you're a 
emergency uh, management director is really has things in place so that I can go to work when I need to. Um, but when we think about personal preparedness, you know, the um, uh, uh, FEMA has some really awesome resources. If you go to ready.gov, uh, they uh, provide information about how to make a plan. Um, there's even downloadable uh, um, uh, little plans that you can fill in the blank of this is what I do on X, Y, and Z and how I'm going to connect. And here's my out-of-state out contact. Um, all those specific pieces of information. Uh, I would also say that they will tell you how to build a kit um, because one of those things that's really important I talked about before is that you may not all be in the same place. And I know every single person here is going to want to get back to their families, make sure that they're okay uh, before you do anything else in your community. So family always comes first. So we want to make sure that I can get back to and reconnected with my children, my pets, all those people that you care about. About. And what I would suggest is is uh, getting into that ready.gov, building that kit so you know you can get from point A to point B, wherever that point B may need to be, if that's coming back home or an alternative location that you all decide that you're going to get to. Think about what might happen. If we experience strong shaking in an earthquake and you can't drive the roads, you may need to have shoes or resources that are going to help you get across uneven terrain, water, things that will keep you dry in a snowy conditions, uh, keep you warm so that you're able to get to where you need to to take care of you. You know, historically, we used to talk about being... Um, a 72-hour kit. There are three days. That's how long it's going to take for services to get to us. When we look at some of these really massive incidents, you talk about Cascadia, they're leaning more towards be two weeks ready. Wow. So have the resources at home. And this is where we talk about it's a privilege because having enough food just on standby for two weeks can sometimes be a challenge. But there are things that you can do that will get you at least a stopgap, somewhere in between. Do what you can to make sure that your family has those few first few steps. And then we as the city, uh, the county, people in emergency management are going to work our best to get those resources here so that you can get what you need uh, moving forward. That, those are all great tips. That's really, really good. It makes me think about <laughs> getting myself a little more prepared. Um, as you're talking through that, though, I just keep thinking, like, what led you to want to do this type of work? Like, why why is this so why is this your passion? And it's, it's funny because that is actually everywhere I go. That is that is my lens. Uh, and I will say that uh, it is not work that I grew up as a kid saying, I'm going to be an emergency manager. <laughs> uh, I, as a kid, wanted to be a park ranger. And it was through becoming a park ranger that I got my first exposure to a large-scale wildfire in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. And I was the person who ran trap lines. So I provided information out so that people could go to boards that they knew would be updated on a regular basis with information. And I also was answering the phone uh, and letting people know whether their homes had burned or not. And it was in those moments that I learned how important this work is uh, and and it really kind of brought to light uh, that I have 
a proclivity for it. Um, I am detailed, organized, and I love thinking about all the pieces and all those parts. Uh, and I kind of went into project management uh, on a, a little bit smaller scale. And this was really kind of an opportunity for me to recognize that here's a chance to really plan for something that's going to make what could be someone's worst day a little bit better. And who wouldn't want to do that? Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Carrie. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to Carrie for being our guest on the podcast. You can learn more about emergency preparedness at bendoregon.gov fire. Just click the safety tips and emergency preparedness tab on the left-hand side of the page. Thank you for tuning in to Inside Bend. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe. And you can check back each month for new episodes. And also a very special thank you to the Pitchfork Revolution for providing us with this music. Music.